Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. Hey, good day to you, friends. This is Brad Zockel. I'm with the Zulon International Bible Institute, and I'm also very excited about our new Heaven Tour. As a matter of fact, the first book in our series, Heaven is Home, is coming out within the next 10 days here, and I'm really, really excited about that. And I'll let you know how you can get that. It's the first of seven books that we're making on the questions and answers that people have about heaven. And I hope you're able to get some, and anything that you are able to purchase will help our ministry. And I'll tell you more about that later on. And I'll be traveling uh, here in 2023 and going out, as the Lord wills, uh, being able to speak at different conferences and churches and gatherings and coffee houses about heaven. And so um, that's part of this podcast here. And if you'd like to know more about our ministry and how you can help us or how you can learn and get some of the answers to the questions and and read our blog, as a matter of fact, then you will want to go to Zulon.org. That's X-U-L-O-N dot O-R-G. X-U-L-O-N dot O-R-G. Zulon stands for tree because we are rooted and grounded in the love of Christ, and that's how we grow, and so that's the term in the Greek. Now, we're looking in the scriptures, and today's question is going to be, what about this God of heaven? I mean, I've read some things that he can be pretty scary. Uh, he is sovereign and he's omniscient, uh, which means that he knows everything. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. And he's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. And this is a fearful thing. And so you're telling me to go to heaven to be with him? And the Christian says, well, I'm a little bit uneasy. I'd like to know some more about this God. Does he really want us there? Does God really care about us? Well, listen, if you look at the God-man Jesus in the biographical books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John of the Bible, the biographical books of Jesus, you're going to see 12 times in the entire New Testament and 11 times in the Gospels this invitation to follow him. This is Jesus calling, Matthew chapter 4 and verse 19. He's calling to the disciples, follow me. And then you see in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, there's a call, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. And you're going to see uh, as well in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 34, then the king will say to those on his right, come all you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom which was prepared before the foundation of the world. Come on up Come and enjoy the kingdom. Come on home, he says to the believer. Revelation chapter 19, verse 17, it even tells the uh, the birds in great judgment. The birds come and assemble for the great supper of God. There are these invitations to the believer. Whoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's found in Romans chapter 10 and verse 13. And so it looks like that this God really, really wants people to go to heaven to be with him. And it tells us in Zephaniah chapter 3 and verse 17 that God is so excited about those who have made a decision to follow him that he's literally going to sing and possibly the Hebrew word intimates that the Lord God himself will dance in joy. 
we see a wonderful, wonderful, uh, just an avalanche of verses about the goodness of this God. And I can give you just a few in the times that we're together, and I hope that this would help you out. We're looking at this, and the Bible, as we see the different writers extolling the virtues of God, we see in Exodus chapter 34 and verse 6, the Lord God abounds in goodness, not just meets out goodness. He's overflowing. So think about this. When the psalmist in Psalm 23 talks about all of the joys that are being given to him, <laughs> he says, my cup runs over. Psalm 1611, what does the psalmist say? In your presence, Lord, in heaven is fullness of joy, not of trepidation, not of terror, but of joy, because I will be at peace having the resurrected body of being to be with you and no longer at odds with you. Think of what Psalm 17 and verse 15 says, when I see your likeness, Lord, I will be satisfied. I'm going to be filled with joy in this. And think of how when Peter in Matthew 17 saw just a bit of the holiness of the Lord, the glory of God, he said, this is such a sacred place. We need to have three places of worship here. The, the Lord is abounding in goodness, it says in Exodus 34 and verse 6. We see in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 34, give thanks to the Lord. Boy, this would be a good passage for Thanksgiving. You can read this at the table uh, for everybody in great joy, along with Psalm 100. Give thanks to the Lord. Why? For he is good. See, his whole creation was meant to be good. Think about it. In all those days of creation, sun, moon, and stars in day four, all of these things, the animals, the, 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 the wonderful things, and each day he said it was good. The only time he said it was not good was when man did not have woman. And when he created the couple, oh, this was good. And at the end of the week, he said it was very good. It's good because it's made by a good God. God the Father, Yahweh. Yahweh Shalom, the God of peace. Yahweh Makadashim, the God, the sanctifier. This wonderful God who takes care of us. Psalm 34 and verse 8, it says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, I want you, uh, right here in the studio, I have some water, okay? I got into the store, and there are a number of different bottles of water that I can have. Some are flavored, some are seltzer and everything. Some are enhancers in case I'm working out with electrolytes and things like that. And the one I happen to have here is a, uh, well, I won't say the brand name, but it's a distilled water. Here's what it says. Vapor distilled water infused with natural strawberry, blackberry flavor, and other natural flavors. Now, what I do is I'll go through there during the day if I'm going through, and I don't, I, I usually carry water with me, but if I need to buy one, and I'll buy a different flavor or a different brand every once in a while, and I'll taste them, and maybe I'll like this one particular flavor, and then I'll get that, okay? But it's just like in the coffee club that I joined at one of the local places whenever I do my studies in the morning. Um, I get that, and there are, I think, oh, I think seven different coffee pots there. I can choose which one I want. I can taste it and say, well, I like this. Maybe today's Colombian, and maybe tomorrow's going to be uh, a light roast. You know, you never know, hazelnut, things like that. I'm tasting them, and I'm finding out, oh, I don't like that one, or I like this one. 
In the same sense, it's saying this, and this is to the Christian, when we taste the Lord and we see that he is good, in the morning time, we may decide that our tasting is going to be of our efforts. It's going to be of our energy, or as C.S. Lewis used to say, we'll go under our own steam. But we say, rather than trying to work our way through the day, we're going to sample just one thing in prayer. Lord, can you help me through this, over this pothole today, over this speed bump, this persecution, or this challenge, or this financial need, or this bout of depression I seem to get, or so much, or this injury, and we ask, and we see the Lord working, and we're seeing each taste of the Lord is so very good, and he leads us through, and we constantly find him faithful in that. And think about this. This is God's intention, as it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, that he doesn't intend for wrath. As a matter of fact, Luke 19.10, think of the goodness of the Lord, that the Messiah came to seek and to save the lost. It says in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, God shows his love to us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. I'd say that's good. I did nothing to earn that grace. And that's what grace is. We're receiving something that we didn't earn. That's when we tell somebody, you've been so gracious. You laid out this meal and I didn't expect anything more than just a cup of coffee. You've been so gracious, I just needed this small thing here and you gave me so much, or I just needed a minute of your time, you gave me the whole day. You're so very, very gracious. When we first moved to Upper South Carolina in a church, that we weren't even members, dropped everything, came out and helped us move, and I could not get over the graciousness of them. What was it? I didn't deserve it. There was nothing I called that church and said, you owe me. This was by grace. This is God. What can we say that God owes us? Where can we get by? We don't. We don't. We see this. And think about this too, Matthew chapter 7 and verse 11. It says this. Jesus says this in the Sermon on the Mount. You can find the Sermon on the Mount in chapters 5, 6, and 7. First public sermon Jesus has. And in there, he says this. If you, people of the earth, okay, all of the people around me right now, being evil, know how to give good gifts, How much more will your Father give to you? Think about this. Look, I'm a klutz. I make mistakes. I'm forgetful. I'm a sinful person. I ask the Lord for forgiveness. I am just a mortal. And yet, when it comes to Christmas time, I don't go cheap on giving Christmas presents to my wife, my children, my grandchildren. I want to find, well, I I go within my budget, but I want to do something special. And that's just me. And God says, do you see the example how you're willing to sacrifice for your loved ones and do extra things? Now look, wouldn't your father do much more? Oh, yes, this is a good God. And he says this, and in just probably one of the most fantastic verses in recent study that I have to also explain how good God is. It says this, isn't this amazing? It says, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9, eye has not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart, which means the imagination of man, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Verse 10 says, we are, the Spirit will reveal things to us. We get handfuls of heaven here and there to remind us of the love of God. Think about it. Lamentations 3, his mercies are new every day. We're given that. 
but it says this, oh, for the time that you step into the next life and you walk into the reality of that, oh, you have no idea. Your greatest imagination here could not imagine the things that God has prepared for those who love him. And so to those who love him, I'm telling you, it's a wonderful, wonderful promise that's being made to us, reminding us once again that God is indeed good, and he's good all the time. Hey, this is Brad Zockel. I appreciate you being with me as we continue to study about heaven and the God of heaven. And I hope these things will, will help you out. And if you'd like to know more about our ministry, then you uh, go ahead and jump on over on the uh, internet to zulon.org, X-U-L-O-N, X-U-L-O-N.org. Hey, get on our prayer list, get on our newsletter, see if I can help you some way in prayer and maybe answer some questions, and we would love to be able to be in contact with you. Thank you so much. God bless you, and Lord willing, we will talk soon. Thanks for joining us this week on Questions About Heaven with Brad Zockel of the Zulon International Bible Institute. Be sure to visit our website, zulon.org, to learn more about our Bible ministry. That's X-U-L-O-N.org. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. And keep an eye out for our upcoming ebook, Questions About Heaven. Thanks, God bless you, and have a great day.